This is an ABC podcast. That's a red flag. <laughs> oh, I don't wash my jeans. I put them in the freezer. You are disgusting. It's like the Ice Age. You're freezing that stench for somebody to have to deal with when it thaws. Hello, Hello, Zen. Hello, hello. Oh, oh, good. Hi. Oh, hi. Hi. So have we lost our social skills, have we? (laughs) Do we not know how to greet people anymore because we've been locked down for so long? Uh, Only a few more hours, mate. Only a few more hours. More on that later on. uh, More on that. But just quickly, I have noticed I have forgotten how to socialise because every time I've caught up with my bubble buddy, I've choked when I've like I've been having a champagne and some food and I've choked because I've forgotten how to drink and eat in company. Oh, you don't mean like choked, like conversationally. You mean you've literally choked. I'm literally choking, like (laughs) food's going into my lungs because I'm like, I don't remember how to go out and socialise and eat and drink and talk at the same time. It's true. Oh, bless. It's awful. It happens all the time and it's a bit embarrassing. I'm like, (laughs) I've forgotten how to do it. I find that I'm doing that more often as I get older too. I think I just get too excited about things when you're like mm. you, you, like you're eating or drinking while walking or you're just trying yeah. to do too many things at once and the motor skills aren't aren't happening. So throw into the mix reintegrating into society and I totally see why this is happening to you. Yeah, yeah. I think we all need to learn the Heimlich manoeuvre so we can get through <laughs> the next phase. Wow, things yeah. I didn't see coming. How mm. to prepare for integration into society, the Heimlich manoeuvre. <laughs> Is that what it's called? Heinrich or Heinlich? I don't know. Heinlich. I've always said Hein Heinlich something. I think it's Heinrich, isn't it? Isn't there oh, an yeah. Interpol song called the Heinrich Maneuver? That's how I, that's how I learn all my things through music. I love that. You're probably right. Oh lordy, bang on! Yeah, Your here we are. Home for music, art, life stuff, um, and of course Crocs. Now I don't mm. like to talk about Crocs. No, I know you, you love do. It. We love Crocs and have been a champion of the rise and rise of Crocs since the beginning of time on this podcast. People are coming around to Crocs now, but we were there. We were there a long time ago, and that's the kind of tidbits you get when you listen to Bang On. (laughs) Never been sent any Crocs, which is good because we couldn't accept them, but it's interesting that we have been talking about them for so long and and Mm. never been gifted with Crocs. But that's okay because my boyfriend has decided to bring upon himself to bring Crocs into our home for the first time, and good Lord, I am shook. I am shook. Did you have a discussion about this beforehand? Like, was there any communication about the bringing in of the croc? I mean, the question is thorny, uh, I think. It's a bit like, are you vaxxed or not vaxxed? (laughs) Do you bring crocs in or not crocs? Like, it's, you know, there's there's, people are very emotional about this sort of stuff, very passionate about whether or not that's actually okay. So what, what, how did this happen in your house then? Um, He went rogue is one way to put it. And... He told me he was ordering some, but he after he'd ordered them, and he said he was looking for some shoes, mm. basically to when we can finally go back to the gym, you know, to use in the showers because no one wants to pick up any little nasties in the well, showers. Thongs in the for that. Showers. You've already got a pair of thongs for that. That's fine. I've, look, I've counted with these arguments. He also was very much wanting to get back into hiking when we can leave our our you know our zone mm. when we break there's, out of lockdown. And for things for like. Yeah. River crossings. Well, when you're crossing for, you know, rivers, you don't want things to get wet. So understand all of that. What he didn't explain was that he'd ordered a pair of Crocs that are literally 
skin colour. They are so disgusting. Why would you, like, it's so disgusting. It's like he's got a skin graft of plastic on his feet and then there's just a little pop of bright blue in the strap around the back. They're so (laughs) ugly. They're so ugly. Sure, all those former three reasons as to why you would get a pair of Crocs. They don't really make sense in my head, but was there another reason why they had to be around the house specifically? Was it, did he mention that the gardening word? Because this is where it starts with Crocs. (laughs) Everyone I know who has a pair of Crocs, everyone will tell you, oh, they're great for gardening. Why? What's wrong with shoes? (laughs) What 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 is it about gardening and crops and then but then that's a slippery slope they're gone once that happens they're gone it's it's forever uh, he keeps on talking about how comfortable they are there are it's minutes before they leave the house and go out into the wild like he's mm. going to be out there in society with skin colored crocs mm. and i will not be standing next to him no. i'll say that now i'll be standing very far away <laughs> we're going to be it. isolating from one another if he's wearing those crocs <laughs> Reminds me of a time, I think I've told you this, I'm sure I have. I can't remember who I've told stories to these days. I'm getting to that age um, where <laughs> I, it, I, it was a guy I was seeing and, and we were walking around Circular Quay in Sydney and he was from Queensland. Have I told you this? I'm sure no, I have. I don't think so. He was from Queensland and you know what he did? It was a hot day. He took his top off, which <laughs> I'm sure is okay in Queensland, but, it, you know, I'm from Melbourne. I don't find this okay anywhere. I've never been more like shocked to my core. <laughs> I didn't I didn't see him after that. <laughs> that Do you reckon it. that all of our all of our hang-ups about what's right in society and what's not are, are being left behind now that we've just fully embraced oh. active wear as a, as something to wear to the office Absolutely. or to get it, get around town in? Like, Look, do, do we I, care anymore? I'm all for shirts off in business meetings these days. Like, you know, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. But back then I was like, oh, my God, I don't even go to the beach, let alone look like I go to the beach. Oh. Oh, Lordy. Well, it's been a very big week um, indoors as well because on Monday night in Australia, Succession returned. A long wait between series, two years in fact, for obvious reasons. Everything stopped when the pandemic hit. And God, it was good to have it back. Did you watch the first episode of season three? Yes, I did. And um, just hearing the theme tune uh, made me excited. Bring, bring. All that, I love that. Um, and, yeah, it was. It came back with um, with a vengeance, I think I can say. It was just fabulous. I, I felt really uncomfortable the entire time. Yeah. Um, and I forgot that I can't remember which Roy's or Logan Roy's or whatever, I can't remember any of their names. But then I went, that's okay because I can't remember people in real life's names, so it's okay not to remember <laughs> which Roy is which. I do remember Shiv, however, um, Sarah Snook, who is an Australian actor, she is amazing as Shiv, but everyone else I kind of get a bit confused, but I, I loved it. How did you find it? Yeah, I loved it too. It's, it reminded me of just how sharp the writing is. There's so mm. many amazing one-liners. Um, oh. if, if, it felt like maybe just because of his delivery, Brian Cox, who plays Logan Roy, you know, the, the patriarch, yeah. the head honcho, um, he just explodes with all these incredible lines. Um, oh, like when he's talking about, we'll, we'll fucking beast him. We'll go full fucking beast. <laughs> and he then gets into a helicopter and it's like apocalypse now or some shit. And then... <laughs> 
And then the bit where he's talking about like his um his 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 patsies around him, and I think he's talking to Carl and like everyone's putting themselves forward for CEO while he mm. steps back, um because of what's happened. This this um this big expose scandal. about what's but yeah this scandal and he says to Carl who puts himself forward Carl if your hands are clean it's only because your whorehouse also does manicures <laughs> oh it's you like, know what I, I love too one of them so wanted incredible a, so good one of them wanted a sandwich because you know it's been going on for hours and hours and they're you know freaking starving and he goes we don't eat food we're surviving on saliva and adrenaline I'm like oh okay I'll try that next time <laughs> I dropped a bomb the whole world is watching for my next move. You're the number one trending topic ahead of tater tots, and the Pope followed you. Uh, wow. Okay, no, this is not the. Re- is this the real? Uh, right. No, Great. I don't Thanks, think this Greg. is a Pope. My family have disappeared. I need to know where everyone is and what everyone's thinking. There he is, the little man who started this big war. Right now, I'm the real you. Sure, and I'm the real you. You sound deranged. Just terrifying, talking about toxic work environments as we have done in recent times. Jeez Louise. <laughs> and I think in, in light of the, the Dennis Handlin allegations um, that we discussed last week, I mean, that kind of that kind of behaviour where there's um, alleged outbursts and that kind of thing, that, that has actually been tolerated forever in most yeah. workplaces that I've been in as well. Um, I had a boss that used to have come downs on Monday mornings after a weekend out partying and Ooh. throw furniture. Oh, God. Um, and, you know, and then yell at us, like, just constantly. But because he owned the business, it was okay. And I think about that and that sort of, hu- it's a huge cultural shift, isn't it? It doesn't, like, it's going to get to the point where it won't matter how much money you've got, you just can't behave like that. And, and I think that's got to be a good thing. The added layer on this is it's family dynamics too. And the hustle is so intense in that first mm. episode. You know, you've got them oh. in, like, when you think about the actual, like, what it looks like that first episode they're pretty much in offices in hotel rooms in cars and planes but the fact that the writing and the intensity of that situation is so good that's what Mm. makes it compelling is they're shoring up their power and grabbing for more and while I was watching this I was reminded because I follow Sarah Snook on Instagram and I, I love her and I remembered when she started going back to film and she was filming behind the scenes with full-on COVID safe practices, wearing like face, like the plastic face masks as well as the cloth face Mm. masks, all that sort of stuff. And I was just thinking they're filming this in New York City, right, one of the busiest cities in the world but also a city that suffered greatly during lockdown and was very quiet um, when the city was locked down. And the circumstances in which it's filmed and the fact that they're not talking about the pandemic, they're a TV show that's not addressing it, Mm. um, but there was only one shot of a car driving in the street with a, like a drone shot. And I noticed immediately that street, it's in New York. It's not busy. There's no one on it. And it was oh. a very short shot, but I really noticed that. And everything else was small scenes with very few people. There weren't big crowd shots. There weren't those shots yeah. where people were coming out and there was heaps and heaps of people around them doing protests as there were in season two. Like I'll be interested to see how it looks. Like again, just consciously taking myself out of the story and thinking about the the context of the filming, mm. but I think that that's as we go into these series returning that are or aren't addressing the pandemic mm. and are filmed in pretty well-known busy cities that have been affected by the pandemic. Although Sarajevo uh, is not really a place I would have thought <laughs> <God>. <laughs> was a busy city, but you never know. <laughs> 
I can't wait for uh, episode two, season three. I'm so here for it. What an amazing show. Zan, I read a great article this week and and I say it's great because it comes from a perspective that I haven't really read thus far or seen thus far and that is of somebody who has gone through being sucked into the, you know, the, the kind of QAnon hole and then come out the other side. And the article's called The Dark Side of Wellness, The Overlap Between Spiritual Thinking and Far-Right Conspiracies um, by the wonderful Eva Wiseman. And it talks about how spirituality and wellness has been kind of co-opted by the right-wing conspiracy theories and and the article's questioning how it all became so toxic and they're using the experience of a particular woman, Melissa Rain Lively, who had a a meltdown and you can watch that video. It's actually quite disturbing. She's clearly having a, a... an, an episode of some description, a meltdown in her target in America where she's, you know, throwing all the masks off the shelf. Um, and she talks about how and why she found herself going into that hole of conspiracy theory and how it made her feel and, and why it happened. And she subsequently had help. But I think it's a really interesting perspective on this whole conspiracy theory idea that is around COVID and, and and why and how all of these theories have cropped up and why what seemed like unlikely bedfellows, the wellness movement with the right wing conspiracies, why they're coming together. And um, yeah, I really liked it for that that different perspective into it. It gave me a lot more empathy to towards um, the particularly the woman involved, but I guess many people who we've all seen on our Facebook feeds who've, who've kind of fallen down that conspiracy theory hole and they don't believe in the science of it um, and think that there is some grand narrative that, that they know about the, but the rest of us don't. So mm. I really liked it from, from that perspective because it, it made me think about things in a different way. How about you? Yeah, I think that it went that one step further because I, I, from memory we've talked about that Venn diagram of mm. far-right conspiracies and more sort of left-wing wellness groups, you know, mm. that weird Venn diagram. But this one kind of looked into what's causing it, like why is this happening? And one of the big things is that if you're interested in alternative therapies then you're interested in things that are the alternative to the norm, to positions of power, to Western doctors, to all that sort of stuff. And these are things that some people, you know, find distrust in uh, when it comes to the pandemic as well. So if you are more likely to take an alternative view, and I'm not saying everyone, I'm just saying in this instance where the crossover comes, the way that she talks about it, the questioning of authority of alternative medicines, you know, the distrust of institutions, that that all overlaps as well with when vaccinations come out, when the government's telling you you need to be vaccinated, all that sort of stuff, and people mm. are a little bit cautious of that and this is what takes them there. But also that world of influences is so coercive and so influential, quite literally, that people who are watching this world of influences, they sometimes trust those influences more than they do their own doctor because they've been watching them, they've been following them to, you know, see what they're doing in their lives, see what they're buying Mm. for their homes, what they're eating, what they care about, and they form a relationship with these influencers. They trust them. And then when these influencers say, hey, do your own research, et cetera, et cetera, um, they they might trust 
that message more than their doctors. Yeah. But also at the same time, as we've all been feeling over the last two years, there's been a massive rise in anxiety, in depression, mm. in COVID-related uncertainty. And all of that drives towards distrust and believing in conspiracy theories. You know, the reasons that those algorithms that feed you certain things, when you click on one video, then you'll just get served videos that are like that, like that. You're getting this tunnel vision um, of confirmation bias and it's tapping into all of these these weaknesses, these vulnerabilities you're feeling mm. because of the pandemic. Yeah. And as she says in this article, you know, we're living in odd and untested times where influencers and Facebook algorithms draw anxious and vulnerable people underground through the tunnels of the internet. But one of the great things about this article is that also to counter that, you've got people who are living in that space too on TikTok, on Facebook, and they're busting these conspiracies. So like to everything, there is a balance. There are people responding and saying, hang on a minute, I'm going to explain this conspiracy, where it came from, why it's not the truth, and why you should think deeply about, you know, questioning why people are putting forward these conspiracy theories, what they've, you know, what skin they've got in the game. So I think that having that balance, and I certainly like, I can't speak with authority about this because I seriously don't click on any of these things to do my own research because I don't want them to fuck up my algorithm. And I trust doctors. <laughs> well, they've fucked up my algorithm so I can talk <laughs> at length with it. <laughs> I love that you are always taking it for the team, Miff. You're, yeah. you're very good representing for the Bang fam. But it's um, something something else though this article doesn't mention and it's something I feel I'm, I'm beginning to, f- like I said, I think empathy is the key here, understanding mm. how people get there and why. They don't. They, fit, they want to belong to something. They want answers that aren't there and those answers aren't there. They want to blame someone, they, you know, all of that. So keep maintaining your empathy. But the rise of women within this wellness movement that, that are leaning towards the QAnon right-wing conspiracy theories, it's, it's kind of understandable in that women have been ignored by medicine for forever. You know, we've had to justify our pain, which has been ignored by doctors. Like think about the Mm. rise of endometriosis and education around that. Horrific birth stories, things that have happened to women after birth where they've had things implanted into them against their will. Women have been kind of left out of medicine. So I, I guess thinking about it from that perspective, I do understand why there is a lot of women who have looked towards wellness because wellness embraces them doesn't it? It says Mm. we understand your pain, we feel your pain, we hear your pain. And then that's been kind of co-opted and uh, utilised by other movements. Um, But you can certainly see, and that's what I'm trying to do is remain empathetic, you can certainly see why the distrust in medicine is there, particularly for women. And and then sadly, that's then co-opted by another movement and, and and that's where it comes from. People just want to belong. They want to feel heard. They want to feel mm. seen. And I think as, as things get, and they're going to get more difficult here because, you know, we're opening up our doors now. I think it's, it's really important to maintain the empathy, I think. And, uh, you know, you're not going to change someone's mind by telling them what you think. Um, yeah, I think if you open up yourself to listen. Um, I know it's hard. <laughs> it's really hard, but you can sort of understand where it, where the, the real root of it is, I think, for a lot of people, that, that general distrust. And, and, you know, it could be so much easier if they didn't have that. And 
I don't know, if we make them feel a bit more held, maybe they'll come around. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying, I'm trying to think about it philosophically. I think also just understanding that everyone's got shit going on that led them to whatever mm. way of thinking that they are. And this this is actually totally directly linked to what I'm going to bang on about later on. Yeah. But having that understanding that whatever, you know, the clouds that are forming in your head, everyone that you pass on the street's got their own clouds forming in their head and just well, like sh- that. Shutting, pe- shutting people down because of what they put forward to you without understanding the road that they've taken to get there doesn't help anyone. Mm. I, th- I think exactly that, that idea of empathy and of just peeling back the layers and thinking, what, why did they get to this point? Why did I get to this point? Yeah. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot more than just instantly believing in something, believing in a theory, not believing in a theory. Mm. There's a lot more going on. So a bit more patience and understanding so that we can all remember that we're human and that what led us to whatever way of thinking is really freaking complex. Yeah. I just liked it. It said it's never been more important for wellness influencers to use their influence well and I think I think that's something that we should all kind of remember when we're looking at stuff. For many people in many parts of Australia too, it's going to be a real shift in, in mindset and in physical space too because the lockdown ends tonight in Melbourne if you're listening to Bang On uh, on Thursday, when we release it at 11.59pm, lockdown, as we know it, as we've known it for 260-odd days, is over. Greater Sydney opened up in the last week. Southeast Tasmania came out of a snap lockdown and restrictions have eased in the ACT as well. It's a, an interesting shift. I literally was looking, um, Facebook memories are the only thing that remind me of life at the moment. (laughs) But I was looking at like, it's almost a year to the day, Miff, that we opened up in Melbourne after that long second lockdown. That was on the 27th of October. So it's almost a year to the day. And I mentioned that because I remember getting so excited, going to the pub straight away, booking so many meals at pubs and eating so many palmers and just going like full throttle into it. Mm. And when it was announced last Sunday that we were going to be coming out of this lockdown earlier in Melbourne and with more freedoms than we expected, my reaction was different to last year, but also I realised that I had hope again and I and I realised, you know, when you, you're faced with a different emotion and it awakens you to what you didn't realise you were feeling, which was that I had consciously numbed myself, set my expectations so low Mm. and kind of just shut down because I didn't believe it would happen until I was in it. And the feeling of hope, I feel like crying just talking about it. I'd forgotten what that felt like and it felt so good. It felt so good. Yeah, it's been a long haul, hasn't it? It's really been... It's really tested us, you know, on so many levels. We've learnt lots of great things, but you're right, we've shut down that bit that that looks forward to things because inevitably they would be, um, it would be taken away. So it's normal, I think, to feel all of these emotions and overwhelm of emotions. Um, Yeah, I don't actually know how to feel. I'm not sure what I'm feeling, to be honest. I think there's a bit of hope. But also I I also feel very cautious in that, like you said, we came out this time last year with zero cases Mm. um, and today we've got the numbers, it's over 2,000, you know. So 
there's there's coming out of this, but there's also the anxiety around what does this mean? I don't even know yet. And will that mean we'll go back into another lockdown? Do I have to adjust my expectations again? It's it's a really difficult one. I can't place how to think or feel about this at this point. But as tomorrow when I go for a drink at a local bar and I've had three wines, I'm going to feel fabulous and I'm going <laughs> to love it and I'm going to forget all about it and I'm going to still wear my mask and everything but it's going to be fucking great. <laughs> Back in society, I did remember these the feelings of, oh, have we forgotten things and how quickly we snapped back into quote unquote normal life. And I think that, that I'm really grateful to the human brain and body for, for doing that. You know, when we're in something, we're really in it in for better or worse. Um, so if you're feeling that apprehension, that's completely understandable and totally normal. Um, and also don't be surprised if in a few weeks you're like, oh, this feels normal again too. Like, God, the the human brain and body is so resilient and mm. just takes care of us so well. I really have learned that so much in the last few years. Mm. But I think that also for me, just knowing I didn't run out and book a bunch of, you know, meals and pubs, partially because I seriously ate so many palmers this time last year and made myself <laughs> feel sick. But I also felt like, oh, we don't have to grab it as this finite resource because mm. I, I have no doubt that there will be like more focused lockdowns. The Premier has said that if it happens. But I don't think that we're going to go through another, fingers crossed, mm. long citywide lockdown. So that idea of scarcity, that idea of, shit, I've got to do everything before it all goes away again, doesn't exist. And what I'm most looking forward to is just doing the normal things that I love, which is going into a shop and buying something and walking out with it and not having oh, to man. click and collect or wait six freaking days for Bunnings to tell me to click and collect oh. or wait six weeks for it to get freaking delivered because Australia Post has crumbled. Oh. I want to I drop over and see my friends. I want to yeah. pop by and see my family and just, just pop in and have a cuppa and it's no big deal. Mm. They're the things that I am so craving and it's been – a hard lesson but a valuable lesson to be reminded what matters and what we value and what we miss when it goes away, mm. particularly when we've bounced back, gone, come out and then yeah. bounce back and that, that, that real gun-shy feeling that many Melburnians have yeah. because we, it just was such a, a whiplash to go back into that for so long again. Um, yeah, mm. it's been a real reset for me in terms of what matters. Yeah. Yeah, me too. First world problems, never renovate your house in a lockdown. Because <laughs> I tell you what, click and collect has done my nut in. I don't know what I want when I go to Bunnings because I don't know what I'm doing. How am I supposed to go through a website? <laughs> it's like, there's no one to ask any questions. Bring back the brows. <laughs> Bring back the brows. I love browsing. Oh, God, I miss browsing so much. Oh, I love browsing. You see, that's what matters. No, it's more than that. You're right. It's so much more than that. But, yeah, just the simple things. Just And I think, I mean, we said this last time, we're going to appreciate it more. And you do for a bit and then and then you forget and then it's back to normal and then you get used to it and then they take it away again. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. That's but that's I'm, fine. That's, that's, that's resilience. Yeah, but that's where my hesitancy to get right into it this time around comes from. I'm like, oh, I think it'll just, I'll just take it away again. 
Um, but no, it's um, certainly been a time of great learning for me, even though I really haven't done a lot. It has been a time of, of, of great learning and, you know, mostly about myself. I didn't have much choice. I lived on my own. Uh, <laughs> it's either that or I've just, you know, kind of lost it a bit. But, yeah, it's, I, I'm, I'm not going to look back at this time fondly, but I certainly will see it as a huge shift in who I am or what I, you know, who, who I am in this world, I think, to myself. What yeah. about you? 100%. Mm. Particularly in the last few months, I've really been thinking deeply about a lot of things. And I've got to say on a on a Bang Fan tip, we just have had such oh, an amazing yeah. connection. We've been doing this for a few years now, but the last year has been, year and a half has been something else. Um, and we feel that in all the emails you send and all the reviews you left. Actually, I wanted to read out a review. I was going to read this out at the end, but mm. it seems so perfect given you just talking about renovations. Mm. Vasak left a great review on our Apple podcasts saying, I've decided that the best way to get through my very tedious renovations, sanding, sanding and more sanding, is mm. to only work when new bang on episodes are released. And when the episode stops, I do too. I feel like my renovations may take a long time, but listening to you both (laughs) makes the tedious work much more pleasurable. Thank you for making me smile so often during regional New South Wales lockdown. That sort of stuff just like, that just makes my day. Thank you so much for letting us know that, you know, a lot of people have been missing their friends and family and Mm. us being dickheads talking about silly things and, (laughs) you know, kind of finding our way through the muck as much as you are. we really appreciate that connection too. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, I love it. Love you, Bank Fan, because, yeah, you've, I mean, like I said the other week, it really has been a const, the only constant really for me through this time. The, the, mm. All my life has been a bit all over the place, to be honest, and this has been just a beautiful, you know, it's something to, it was something to look forward to. I always did, but very much so. And I love, I love the communication with everybody and, and the fact that, you know, we've we've got such a beautiful community. So we love you, Bang Fam. Thank you. 100%. Bang on live where we see you and hug you oh, in a gosh. COVID-safe way. That will get loose, won't it? Bring it on. It's going to be very loose. It's going to be you at the pub tomorrow, but times 10. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, I've got, I can, I because I stopped, pretty much stopped drinking in all of the lockdowns except for, you know, socially. I have two or three now and I'm, yeah, well, it's like I've no, I've got no, I can't drink anymore, Zan. I'm, I'm, I'm not very good. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> Sounds economical to me. It is actually. It's heaps cheaper. That's good. Hey, before we get into the bang on for this week, I just wanted to thank you for sending me the weirdest little. I guess you could call it a fashion update. We haven't had too many of late oh, because I thought we'd finished it's been our a podcast. I've forgotten about the jeans. <laughs> This is such a strange article. It's basically like jean tips of how to take care of your jeans. Mm. And we've all heard about that idea that instead of washing your jeans, you should put them in the freezer. <laughs> Which I've, Have you ever done that? No, and if I knew somebody who did, I would defriend them immediately. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, there's all these red flags going on at the moment on social media, but that's a red flag. <laughs> oh, I don't wash my jeans. I put them in the freezer. You are disgusting. What's cleaning there? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. 
So you're it doesn't freezing, work because the article... them. For the, it's like the ice age. You're freezing <laughs> that stench for somebody to have to deal with when it thaws. It's like a well, mammoth, exactly. a hairy because mammoth. Because as soon as you take it out, the, the bacteria is still there. Yeah. It just reactivates. Think yeah. about that for a second. It's disgusting. <laughs> if you do that, you're disgusting. <laughs> I'm not mincing words here. (laughs) I keep on forgetting to wash my jeans inside out and I totally screwed a pair of jeans not doing that because they were black jeans and they got all the kind of swirl of, um, you know, the washing fluid all over them and totally discoloured them. So I agree with that. But there was one thing in this article, should you wash your jeans at the beach? Who the frig (laughs) is going to the beach to wash their (laughs) jeans? Like, with a little washerboard going down to do your washing at the beach, first of all, not exactly accessible for everyone, but I've never heard this before. What the hell? Well, I think maybe that's just a hangover from like the, the 70s and 80s, you know, when people used to wear those skin-tight Fabergé jeans, but but like... Fabergé! And boys, boys didn't want to wear like... Um, speedos and board shorts hadn't really been invented at that point so it was stubbies or nothing and they used to cut <laughs> off their jeans and or they'd swim in their jeans I remember they'd jump off like do bombs off the pier or off oh the riverbank yes. in their jeans so maybe that's what that's about and they thought oh we're giving it a wash and then it's you know how things kind of first cousin twice removed someone along the line went oh that's how we wash our jeans the sea is good for it and that's how it happened I don't know I don't know but Red flag. If somebody is washing their jeans at the beach, you just just walk away. Like the guy with no shirt on in Circular Key. You just walk away and then you go, that's it, right, it's over. Should you wait at least six months in between washes? Also a red flag. That's just a no. Like how is that even a question? How is anyone saying that's a question? If someone doesn't wash their jeans in six months, walk away. How often do you wash your jeans? Oh, three or four wears, maybe two or three wears. Just depends. What do you do? That's more than I would, to be honest. Really? (laughs) I can't even remember the last time I washed my jeans, so that's probably, I'm probably like I'm wearing a red flag right now and you're running away from me. I can't smell you, though. That's good. That's the one good thing about this lockdown (laughs) is I can't smell you. Um, I had a friend who used Febreze on their jeans. They didn't wash their jeans and they just used Febreze. And no one wants crotch stink with Febreze mixed in. That's disgusting. (laughs) Disgusting. Oh, God. We will put this in the show notes if you mm. want to know the do's and don'ton'ts of taking care <laughs> of your denim. Because I could have written that article in a second. Put them in the washer <laughs> and wash them. Everything else is wrong. How to take care of jeans. Wash them by me forehurst. Everything else you've heard is wrong. Article written, pay me. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Uh, what are you banging on about yeah. this week? Um, I am here to bang on about... Something I'm very, I was very excited to watch last night because, you know, you know I love The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, um, but I have been feeling the format is very tired. Uh, The last Bachelor didn't really do it for me, a bit boring, still watched. However, we've got Brooke Blurton, who's a previous contestant on the show, looking for your mate, the Honey Badger's Heart, Um, Mm. and she is now the star of the show and she is our first queer bachelorette, I think the first in the history of the show. So she's got men and women uh, who she is choosing from and 
it was bloody beautiful. There was a welcome to country. She's also a First Nations woman. There was a welcome to country at the start of the show. I had a cry. And then she's having real, like, genuine connections. Um, the women are, that, that, that are on the show are fabulous. The blokes, they're just like the blokes who always go on The Bachelor and you just go, oh, God, where do you come from? Who are you? <laughs> um, but it's, I think it's going to be amazing. I actually think this... You know, I hope it translates in terms of viewers and things. Like I heard the numbers weren't, weren't great last night, but maybe that'll change on catch-up. So I hope that this is not a case of, you know, um, people like us talking about it but the real world not really not really embracing it because I think it's just it's actually brought a sense of joy and a sense of, like, curiosity to a format that is so well-worn but, yeah. but it still brings all the tropes that you know and love, you know, Um like last night there was the first dog act, you know, there's always a dog act, oh, that's a dog act on The Bachelor <laughs> when someone cuts someone else's lunch and all that. Like it's all still there but it just feels a little bit more, I don't know, genuine and I could watch Brooke Blurton sleep. Like she's just, I, I just find her so wonderful and engaging and I think it's going to be kind of nice. So get on board, everybody. And um, It's a bit yeah. of a creepy thing to say, Miff, I could watch Brooke Blurton sleep. It does, not it? I was trying to think of something like I was trying. I could watch Brooke Blurton Garden. Read, like, read, no, it's not the same. Read the dictionary. Read the, oh, it's all creepy. It doesn't matter what you say. You're just watching her, aren't you? But she's divine. Like she's just amazing. And, you know, it gives me hope again. She's she's not she's not she's in her twenties and so incredibly evolved, you know, compared to what we were back in those days. And I'm just, uh, I'm I'm kind of quietly blown away by her. I think she's fabulous. Um, so yeah, get on board if you like that sort of thing, which I do. Um, and I, you know, and I know that a lot of Bang Pan probably won't watch it, but if you want to watch a good one, I think this is it. It's time to smash some boundaries. All my life. People have tried to put me into boxes, categories, label me. And I think you set your own path. Nothing really defines you unless you want it to. As Brooke takes us into uncharted waters. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to make history? Yes! Let's do it. Facing a mansion full of men and women. This is how I want to fall in love. It's something that I wouldn't compromise. And I am exactly where I'm meant to be. Oh, look, she's here. Stop it. What does she look like? It's the same, Brooke. Just new style, better taste in men and women. Wow, she's an absolute bombshell. She looks stunning. God, you look amazing. Every time I come over here, it's like a party. Bring it on. Yeah, I think there's plenty of Bang fan that vibe on it. I'm happy that you're watching it for me. Yeah. I never really dig into the reality shows, except for Survivor, except of course. Oh, and the Honey Badger series. You told me to watch that. I wasn't interested in him. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I did have a soft spot for the honey badger. <laughs> I love a good one-liner. See Succession. I love a good one-liner. You do, you do. Oh, the other good thing about Succession too, which I was thinking, is most of the scenes they're on their phones or their computers, which could be the most boring thing on earth, but it's actually not. And it's amazing to see that translated well on screen because you're right, yes. the, the dialogue is so good. Anyway, um, moving on, what are you banging on about, Zan? I am banging on about a fantastic book and it's like a workbook that I read this week. First of all, a question. Do you know Ruby Wax? Yes, I've interviewed Ruby Wax. She's amazing. I thought you might have. Oh, my God. What a hero. She's, so, she, she's great. She 
for you and I, we grew up with Ruby Wax and mm. she was doing shows on the BBC in the 90s and into the early noughties. She's kind of like the precursor to Louis Theroux in the way that she does documentary-style mm. interviews and lets people hang themselves a bit and kind of is pretty brash. Um, when she had these TV shows in the 90s, Millions of people were watching them because she was interviewing the biggest stars of the mm. day. You know, she interviewed Madonna and Pamela Anderson and Jim Carrey and friggin' OJ Simpson and Imelda Marcos, like, and they, and Donald Trump, like, they were wild interviews. And she's since then written some memoirs. She's written a handful of other books and she's become this mental health campaigner and talks a lot about her own depression and anxiety and also even studied. Um, understanding the brain a whole lot more. Anyway, she just wrote a new book and it's called A Mindfulness Guide for Survival. And one of the reasons that I love this is that it's really practical. It's got Ruby being really funny, but also it is literally written for the pandemic. So she talks about these, the big six, which are difficult emotions, you know, and burying them. So just not dealing with your emotions. Uncertainty. Tick. Loneliness. Oh, tick. Change. Tick. Dissatisfaction, as in why don't I have what they have? Tick. Why can't I get double that? Tick, and double tick. The big one, death, and how we tick. maybe fear and can't deal with death. And she kind of talks about them as being things that we, you know, many of us face at different times in our life when we retire when we go through a massive life change, as we've been talking about recently, the value of work, if you become a parent, or if you're facing a serious illness or death. And the pandemic kind of caused everyone to face all of these things at once um, for obvious reasons. And our brains are exploding a bit. So it's a fantastic book about mindfulness, which up until reading this book, I thought meant colouring in shit and um, <laughs> having a little meditate. But there is actually tools to ground yourself. And you might have even done some of them previously if you've ever spoken to a therapist or counsellor. Um, but things that you can actually focus on when you feel like you're getting a bit overwhelmed. And good Lord, it is just so great and so practical. And I loved it. And the other reason that I read it is because... Ruby Wax is my take five guest this week. So I'm getting to meet my hero and I am so nervous, but also so excited. Oh, she, yeah, she's an amazing energy. She has an amazing energy, I should say. Um, yeah, you're going to love it. She'll be awesome. Were you terrified when you interviewed her? A little bit, but she's also softened a lot. In the, mm. I'd noticed in the last sort of 20 or so years. So she's not going to bite your head off like she may have in, in previous previous generations. Yeah, I just feel like she's one of those people that doesn't suffer fools. So yeah. I don't I don't want to be the fool. You're not a fool, I don't want to be the, I love you, Ruby. You're allowed I'm to. She'll love fan. that. There's nothing wrong with that. That's okay. You know, we don't we don't tell people they're good often enough. Although I suppose celebrities probably don't need to hear it anymore. But um. <laughs> But, you know, we should go around telling people that we love them if we love them. Why not? I agree. I agree. Mm. Usually I save it for the end of the interview so it doesn't get weird. So we'll see how I hold up tomorrow when I do <laughs> the chat. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> Thank you. It's a great book. I reckon you'd really love it. It's one of those ones that I think I'll be sending to a lot of um, stockings this Christmas. Yeah. Really wonderful stuff. Well, in between now and then, give one to Jeffy because 
maybe you can. <laughs> I feel like there's something happening in his life. Um, We've all made poor decisions in lockdown. That's, that's, led, is to, one of that's led to where he's at now. So, you know. I did warn him that we'd be going in hard on Bang On this week. No, I love it. I'm all, I'm all for it. I'm actually, yeah, uh, look, I do gardening. I'm ready. Well, enjoy the freedoms that you're about to experience. I'm excited about being able to drive to your new home amongst the gum trees um, and see it finally. And freaking happy freedom to everyone. Stay safe. Uh, You know, tread as lightly as you want to. Do what you need to for you and take care of your community. And, yeah, thank you for listening to us crap on about this for the last year and a half, yeah. you're the best. Yeah. <laughs> We've all had enough of it. We probably, next week we won't, we promise not to talk about it. You say that now. I know. See you in six months. <laughs> see you in six months. Hey, I'll be I'll able see to see you face, face to face. Oh, my God, yes. Woo. Sorry, that was too loud, wasn't it? I've become a woo girl. <laughs> I don't have any social skills anymore. We're doing it again. I don't again. know how to live anymore. No. I'm a, you I'm say a hermit. I'm ending meeting. I can't eat and drink at the same time and talk. Bye. Bye. Love you. Bang. 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 Bang on.